No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Guys, the CFL season is officially over, and now everyone's attention up here in Canada has turned to, you guessed it, the American Hockey League. Oh yeah, the Toronto Marlies are on fire right now, eh? Number one in the North Division. And they got a bunch of games coming up down at the old Coca-Cola Coliseum. They got the Comets rolling into town this weekend. Then the Rampage, Ice Hogs, and Monsters, eh? Then in January, they're facing the Fearsome Checkers. Tickets on the GameTime app start at 14 bucks, but they could still go lower, eh? The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of Doctor Strange. And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, that's Taz hey. Ellis. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And making the magic happen live from beautiful Bowmanville, Ontario. It's J.D. How's it going, eh? Hey, what's up, J.D.? Guys, happy Tuesday. Follow us on social media, both Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook. At Facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us your NBA questions and your comments to no dunks at theathletic.com. We're going to be stepping on the beach later this week. American Thanksgiving, to be exact. That's on Thursday. So you got a little bit more time than normal to get your questions and those comments in now for that mailbag only podcast. But on our daily show here today, we've got some up down fun. Mm-hmm. We got tweet of the night. But we start with what was a action-packed night in the NBA. A lot of uh, entertaining games, a lot of entertaining storylines to break down here. So I'm just going to throw them at you guys. And if you've got one you want to address, we'll get into that as well. But the first one, the little fake headline I wrote was, the Raptors hold Joel Embiid scoreless and stick it to ESPN's <laughs> power rankings, who had them earlier in the day not in the top ten. And Raptors fans were very upset about that. But the Raptors get a quality win here. 101-96 ended this game on a tear. And really, and held Joel Embiid, you know, Marc Gasol, and that excellent Raptors defense to zero points. 0 for 11. The MVP pick of some going in this game and and couldn't hit one at the line as well. Very, very weird to see an MVP, you know, caliber player put up the offer, the goose egg. He, he looked bad last night. His body language was terrible. Um, and the fact that they even gave him the tech foul free throw to shoot and he couldn't knock that one in. <laughs> that, that to me was a clear sign that the coaching staff is like, see one go down, see if that gets sure, you going. Because sure. he took bad, lazy shots um, and he just he was clearly out of rhythm. I mean, it's funny, we've talked a lot about his, his fitness this season and how he lost a lot of weight. Maybe he needs to be a bit bigger. I don't know because he's just <laughs> too he's, skinny. He may be because he's uh, he's not able to sort of put that stamp physically on games that we've seen in the past where he can just bully guys out of the way. Now Marcus is a great great defender, of course. Um, but you mentioned there was a uh, you know like a, a qual or they they finished on a on a tear. The Raptors. I wouldn't say that myself because it was such an ugly sort of game. It was still a Philadelphia game, I think, right up until late because their defense sort of held firm, that the Raptors couldn't really get a flow going at any point. They managed to grind out this win, but I think Philadelphia will come away from this uh, game with a loss, but their defense is still very, very hard to break down okay. at any point. Um, you know, And Norm played well, hit a couple of threes, and Fred and Pascal, but at no point I felt like the Raptors got any sort of real rhythm going. And again, that I think is a, is a big credit to Philadelphia's defense. But a concern here, not only for Embiid, Ben Simmons didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter, apart from that, you know, heave at the end, which doesn't really count. Hey, at least he doesn't care about his three-point percentage. He <laughs> chucked one up at the end, even though he had no idea what the timer score was. <laughs> that was awesome. It was eight seconds left. He got the ball at the three-point line. He got bumped by Norman Powell, so maybe he thought it was a continuation. It was weird, though. They had he had a three-point shot, point shot to shot to tie to tie this. He's not worried about his thousand uh, percent uh, percentage coming into this game. Now he's at fifty. 
still, still, still pretty good. Still pretty good. Still yeah. Still good. Maybe that's why he took it. But that was. Uh, I mean, I saw Raptors fans having a blast with that. Very Chris Childs like to not know uh, how much <laughs> yeah. time is left in the game. I mean, he shot it with like six seconds. He, you're right. He thought I, it looked like he. Either some weird continuation, that would have been strange because yeah, okay. he was going the other way. Yeah. But I think he just thought there's like a two seconds left here and I have to gun it up there. Um, yeah. But he had a lot more time to get a, a better look <laughs> than Ben Simmons fading away from 35 the No feet. scope 360 no, make, from half court. It's tough. We're making an excuse for him because seeing a guy chuck it up like that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That was that was just a, no, that was a, that was a huge brain fart by their point guard. Yeah. Let's be honest. And. That was a brain part, and also the the Sixers got a stop down two, bringing it back the other way. Siaka makes a great play to stop Simmons from penetrating, and then is able to get back and deflect an alley oop lob. I think it was to Tobias Harris. It was that was yeah. a dumb pass. Nor- Norm, <laughs> I think Norm dumb. maybe got fingers on <laughs> that too to help Siakam grab it, but that was really dumb. Also, similar to another uh, infamous Raptors play in the playoff history, was that was the uh, Jose Calderon not throwing that oop high enough to uh, Chris Bosh, and then they got uh, two thousand seven versus the Nets. Richard Jefferson, I do believe. <laughs> And we'll get to Richard Jefferson later in uh, the show, but uh, wow. yeah, there was some, there was some, you know, Embiid brutal um, credit to Gasol in that swarming Raptors defense, throwing a lot of guys at him. And then you're right, these brain farts um, at the end, uh, not a good look. Well, and the Simmons play is kind of indicative of his whole game. If he's not taking shots, it's like Siakam was able to stop him at the three point line, then just get back into the lane and kind of wait for it. It's like as soon as you're stopped at the line, you still have your dribble. Go into him. Put your shoulder in him. Maybe you get some free throws. Maybe those don't go as perfectly as planned. But the Sixers, just in general, looked completely off. They just didn't look right. That's how their games are going to look. They're going to be ugly. And some games, they're going to have their stars play well. Last night was not one of them. But that's how talented they are. They can come down to the wire with a, a good team. It was theirs to win because they have so much talent on this roster. And Josh Richardson... Looking nice for them, uh, another good game in a row. But uh, Ben Simmons, he's supposed to be your point guard, and you can't have seven turnovers. That's that's mm-hmm. just just the way it is. Uh, you can't. He, he had some beautiful passes, some beautiful outlet passes, but he just he just gets a, a little too greedy at times. Uh, and let's talk about Joel Embiid. I think going forward, this just may be the way he is physically. He may just be up and down like he was in the postseason last year. Some good games. He impacts the game. Some bad games, he still impacts the game, as he did yesterday, just being that gravity out there, drawing double teams. Um, but he's just not right all the time. I don't think it's skinny. I don't think it's fat Joel Embiid. I just think it's, it's just, it could be him going forward. He's the most talented big in this league, I think it's fair to say. Um, but there's a reason why he's standing out on the three-point line a lot and not banging down low when, uh, yes, they need spacing and they need him to be out there. But he's just physically just... I don't know if he can do it. He looks gassed, and, and, and it's not just body language. It's just not impacting the game enough for such a talented guy. And it was cool to see <clears throat> excuse me, Pascal Siakam on the other side, who was guarded by Joel Embiid last year in the postseason, because Joel Embiid just sagged him like he was an actor, sagged way back, <laughs> and Pascal Siakam couldn't do anything. And now Pascal Siakam can do everything. And that spin and one, which oh. was which is a huge shot, and shout-out to Matt Weiner, better spin than a, pre- a white House press secretary, a very nice line from Matt Weiner. Uh, And uh, Siakam has learned so much, man. He just looks so good. Uh, And they do this without Kyle Lowry. So that's, you know, I think that you have to say that. And despite uh, ESPN not having them in their power rankings and America not caring about the Raptors, the Raptors are still showing out every single game. And shout out to John Schumann at NBA.com. At least he had them eight in the power (laughs) rankings. That's true. That's true. Good, Good shout out there. What is it about Gasol on Embiid? That just works. Uh, is it you know? Is it just he has the size to match a guy like Embiid? The intelligence is everything. The Raptors' game plan. I mean, because he he owns them. Let's be completely honest here. Gasol owns Embiid. Mark Gasol was a former defensive player of the yeah. year. He knows how to move his feet. He knows how to get his body in the way. Embiid can't sort of uh, just bully a guy no. like him out the way. You know, Marcus Oz got those great big hairy arms and hands, and they they just they just. <laughs> Why did you have to call them hairy? Hairy uh, hands, they are. They are but uh, you know, he, he, he I just, know you have hairy arms and hands, but why do you got to put that on him? That's why I can say hands? that. Yeah. Uh, but he's just a big, smart guy who mm-hmm. who knows that you know, like if if it's Embiid a big, smart, hairy guy, out if there, Embiid wants to shoot threes, I think Gasol and the Raptors will say, you know what, shoot him. You're not. He shoots a couple, but he's not a great three point shooter. And then when he gets inside again, Embiid's just not that agile against a guy like that where he can just sort of throw him out the way and get easy baskets. So That's why the Raptors traded for him last year. He's the, he's the perfect totally. foil for Joel Embiid. And uh, this was a great tweet from writer Kelsey Lately. Marcus Gasol is like a bear who only comes out of his cave to beat the <laughs> shit 
out of Joel Embiid <laughs> and did it again. And and I think some credit has to go to Nick Nurse because Nick Nurse yes. is 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 given this reputation as a motivational guy and he just took a team that was good and Kawhi Leonard just took him to the championship and he plays the guitar. That's generally <laughs> generally what people say about Nick Nurse. But he's taken stars out of games over and over and over and over again. He mm-hmm. did it to Damian Lillard, did it to Trey Young. He doubles guys. And Terrence Davis, he's, he said it after the game, we doubled him. That's what we did. And, uh, and, and that helped. And obviously Gasol, in combination with that, they just, they just show a lot of looks uh, to, the, to Joel Embiid and wherever he's got the ball. Let's show him some bodies. The 76ers haven't won a regular season game north of the border since 2012. I know. That is. That's what? That is. Yeah, that's Brett Brown's never won in Toronto. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's crazy. Regular season. That's weird. I'm glad you brought up uh, Nick Nurse, though. I think he, if, you know, we didn't give out this award when we were doing our one month in Coach of the Year, uh, he would have my vote. I'm not sure about you guys. I think he'd have a lot of people's vote um, with the, the Raptors, the way they're playing right now, maybe surprising some people without Kawhi there with some of the injuries, still have a great record, top 10 offensively and defensively. He's gotten creative, as you said, Tass, um, and he's slowing these stars. All I think about watching now with Coach Nurse as coaching the Raps is I would have loved to seen him get one crack at trying to stop LeBron James in a playoff series. Mm. I would have just liked to, yeah, just like to have seen it. I'm not saying they would have been able to do it especially obviously with the personnel being different and, and no Kawhi, but I'd like to see what he would have come up with because it, it would have been different for sure than what sort of Dwayne Casey yeah, would point. continue to throw at him. So yeah, LeBron wouldn't that. have got a head start from the other end of the court to shoot a fadeaway if it was Nick Nurse coaching. Yeah, That's right. a double team for sure. Right, right. Double um, teams, box and one, three and two. They're showing all stuff. sorts. They're showing everything, yeah. Uh, and a little love to a guy that's balling out, to use Lee's word, uh, for the Raptors. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, another really, really good game for the Raps. 16-10, and 10, um, big buckets, timely buckets in this. He's playing well. He has been like, you know, they, they took some flyers sort of in the offseason, like the Raptors did, in, in getting like a Hollis-Jefferson and a Stanley Johnson. And it's like maybe with the hope that one of these guys would sort of hit. And he's, one the, one, he's the one that's sticking right now. He is contributing. And it's just a terror on the boards. Mm. A hustle play, almost like a little Sean Marion out there, you know, just getting his hands in plays, giving yep. them second chances or putting it back up and scoring. He's on a one-year $2.5 million deal too. Crazy because he was not that bad, I yeah, think. Yeah, You know, but uh, obviously it wasn't much of a market for him. But he, he certainly, uh, the way he's going right now, he's going to get paid a decent amount next season and get a, get a good contract out of this. What did you guys think of uh, Raptors fans <laughs> dropping the Joel Embiid uh, airplane celebration <laughs> Great. in this one, particularly when he was at the line? And Drake with the appearance last night. Yeah. Great, great. I mean, you've got to get into Joel's head, you know, because he's a trash talker himself and uh, he loves to get it. You know, if see, the funny thing was last night, I thought, you know what? It's a close game. Joel's going to hit one shot. Yeah. It's going to be the three. And he's going to be airplane <laughs> right, all right. over the Raptors. Uh, it didn't happen, but you just got to be careful with that. But uh, <laughs> Joel said he said he's done talking trash, but you know that if the moment calls for it, he is absolutely going to do it again. He, he gave a lot of, uh, you know, props, I thought, in beat after this one to to the Raptors. He, he, he first off addressed that he wasn't tired, that he wasn't fatigued, because I think it was their fourth game in six nights. Is that correct? They played a lot. I yeah, know they've that. been busy. He said it wasn't that, so he wouldn't use that as any sort of excuse. And then he also said, quote, defensively, the Raptors are everywhere. They're so long, and they make sure they pack the paint. So, you know, showing, uh, showing some love to the, the defensive scheme. That Playing they out there like he had the poops. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess he didn't. <laughs> I don't know. Check his diet. Get a stool sample. All right. Well, moving on. Um, Giannis explodes for 50 points. Bucks to ve- defeat the Jazz 122-118 in a very, very uh, entertaining game. Uh, this one on NBA TV. Giannis went for 32 in the second half. Bucks eight straight victory. Now, no Rudy Gobert for the Jazz, but of course, no Middleton still for the Bucks. Giannis gets his... Second career, 50-plus points. Didn't set his uh, career high last night, but very, very close with the 50, 14, and 6. And whoa, boy, whoa, boy, whoa, boy. Guy, uh, I mean, I don't know what there is to say at this point with this guy. He Last night was one of those perfect examples where that guy just looks unstoppable. There was nothing oh, the Jazz could do. Well, there was literally nothing the Jazz can do. Like you mentioned, no Rudy Gobert, also no Ed Davis. Yeah. Giannis should feast inside. But sometimes a guy is going to see that and say, oh, this is going to be an easier game. I'll take it a little bit easy. Giannis did not. He was destroying. <laughs> the second half. And he's crazy. still somehow the second story for us. I know. Even here. I mean, the guy finally has an MVP take notice moment, 50 points in a game. 
and everybody wants to talk about how Joel Embiid didn't score. We're kind of just used to Giannis dominating. There is the factor that it, you know, it wasn't a full-strength Jazz team, but that was an exciting watch. Uh, that fourth quarter with Giannis, it was if he wasn't getting a dunk, he was missing a shot, getting a rebound, and then getting a he dunk. He looked like Trey Kirby, I thought, out there. That's a TK move where you you uh, attack a guy at, at, at our pickup runs, and you, you just get it up on the rim. You'll maybe miss, but then you're right away. You keep the arms up. It's good to be tall sometimes. Yeah, you, know? yeah, you do that well. Uh, you're not dunking it like Giannis, but you are uh, getting the easy putbacks after your own miss. Man, I'm, I'm putting this episode in my own personal archives. First time I've ever been compared to Giannis. Well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've played enough with you. You do a lot of that. You miss your initial drive, and then uh, you're right there, right away to, to get the little uh, putback. There. I'm like but, Ben Simmons, happy to be shooting 50%. <laughs> uh, you know, 50 points is incredible, no doubt. Maybe just as incredible, 38 and a half minutes played and zero turnovers mm. for, for you know, everything is running through him. That's, that's pretty amazing, too. Again, it's a, still a good Jazz defense without Rudy. He got his uh, 50 points at the free throw line, too. Hit uh, two for two. Yeah, there 13 went 13 of 19. 13 of 19. Yeah. A three of eight from downtown. 17 of 31. Of course, a lot of those shots are fairly close inside. Yeah. But uh, the Jazz, I mean, they were in this, though, right up until the last 30 seconds. Well, they kept 30 hitting 30 a million threes. Yeah. I think yeah. they had 21 threes. Yeah, they did. 21 for 45. So so they were right there. Um, you know, the, the, maybe the, the Bucks did say, well, you know what? There's no go bear. This one is going to be a bit of an easy one for us. They put up 58 points in the paint again the Bucks do put up a lot of points in the paint anyway because of Giannis but they uh they, they clearly wanted to get inside and take advantage of the Jazz's biggest deficiency last night but uh yeah they sort of co- one minor minor concern with the Bucks is they don't seem to be able to just really kill off teams all the time we've seen mm. a couple of times games get a little bit closer than mm-hmm. perhaps they should um look you win doesn't matter they're 14-3 six and one at home they, they're getting the wins mm-hmm. but uh it sort of doesn't seem with the Bucks that it's always over until it's over. There's been a couple of games like that, but uh, but that's fine in November. You know they're they're getting ready. There's no Middleton. They're just trying to build towards the second half of the season. But uh, Giannis, very very impressive again last night. They gave him the three. He took him. If he's yeah. going to shoot three for eight, you take that. Oh that's, yeah, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so great. And, and you mentioned there no turnovers when he has the ball in his hand that much. And he's not turning it over at all. That that's that's remarkable. And and like they're like legit hacking him because they're like, well, we'd rather put him to the line than have mm-hmm. him dunk on us. So it's just amazing that on one of those hacks or whatever you want to call it, you know, they don't pop the ball out and it's a turnover. He's guy's strong. There's no doubt. Guy's yeah. strong and his hands are massive. He's just grabbing rebounds out of the air one handed all the time. Yeah. And he was 13 of 19 from the line. So yeah, people can make fun of that. He shoots the occasional air ball at the free throw line, but. He gets it done. You can try and hack him, um, but you know sometimes he'll he'll put together these nights where he'll shoot above his sixty percent percentage from the free throw line. And yeah, they start slow this this Bucks team, but maybe that's a good sign that they come out in the third quarter and destroy teams because that that was a trade of the Warriors during their mm-hmm. uh, their fantastic run. And that's what Giannis does. He had an eighteen point third quarter uh, in this game to match his cool 18 in the first half it's it's yeah and, and yeah he was going up no rudy gobert in the middle he's just gonna destroy i'm not sure ed davis could have even uh, come close to guarding Giannis at the in the yeah. in the middle but um when there's no rudy you're gonna see nights like this and that 50 point 10 rebound zero turnover game that, that doesn't happen in the nba nba very often that's that's special there's michael did it Carmelo did it, yeah. and Moses Malone did it. That's and, it. And that's it. So that's cool, man. <laughs> that's crazy. That's cool, man. I love that Melo is yeah. on that for some reason. I don't know why I saw that stat going around, too. I was like, Melo? Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Um, maybe he wasn't looking to pass that game. I, yeah, what with Melo and tur- no turnovers, I'm like, okay, that adds Still, up. still yep. 50 and yep. 10 and 0. Um, and uh, Brooke Lopez was looking like Rudy Gobert at the end of that game because you said the Jazz were still in it. Donovan Mitchell had a chance to tie this game up. Mm-hmm. Got into the paint, nice drive, and uh, Brooke Lopez perfectly timed the help defense and got a very, very clean, no one can argue, I don't even think Jazz fans mm-hmm. have anything to say about that one, um, block on, on Donovan Mitchell. That was huge rim protection there from him. Maybe, yeah, maybe save the game. Because he's not known as a great defender, even though he's a big, big guy, but uh, made the right play then. He's, he's fun to watch, Brooke Lopez. He's just fun because he enjoys himself out there. You know, He has fun. He loves it. Yeah, man, Robin. He's got the joy of the game. He does. Uh, Celtics survive Buddy Heald's 13 three-pointers, remain perfect. Sorry, 11, excuse me. 11 three-pointers remain perfect at home. I was giving him two more there. Maybe I, I, wanted, to give I, him like at, I wanted to give him at least one more because he should have got the shot at the end <laughs> uh, when they, it was Bogdanovich instead. That ball should have gone back to Buddy. He, uh, he, he was coming over. There was still time. Just hand it off to him. The guy's been on fire. Let him have that shot. But... 
Celtics uh, survive without no Kemba, neck injury, um, you know, obviously no Gordon Hayward, broken hand, but still playing video games, <laughs> says it helps, and uh, no Daniel Tice, who is out, I believe, with a sickness. But no, De'Aaron Fox or Marvin Bagley still for the Kings. Yep. And um, considering since Fox has been out, they are four and three right now, the Kings. Yeah, that's not bad. You know, lost last night. Again, only one point lost. They won by a point in Sacramento against Boston a week or so ago. Uh, but Buddy last night was just gorgeous. Gorgeous to watch. I, I, tweeted out his, I tweeted out his shot chart this morning. There was not a mid-ranger to be seen. Mm. <laughs> not a mid-ranger. He either attacked the rim and scored yep. or just, uh, you know, just catching and shooting and firing away. And, uh, I mean, we, we knew coming in when he was drafted that he had a reputation for being a shooter and a scorer. It took him a couple of years. He's worked on it. And now you're starting to see the rewards. And that's, I mean, the Kings were smart to, to find that contract with him right. uh, early in this season because he's going to be in demand for a guy, a guy like that who can shoot like that. And he's really starting to show, you know, he's a modern player, a very good player. So great game, fun game, these two teams. Um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, look, yep. the Celtics got, you know, Tatum played well. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown played well. Marcus Smart got, got a kind bounce finally because uh, yep. he had just played the Kings and had that one that fell off the rim. He hit a couple timely buckets late. I think he had 17 overall, but he had that he had one in particular that was pretty similar, Like, but he got the bounce. He hit the front of the rim and then and then dropped down. He had that other one where he was spinning sort of a little out of control. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe could have got called for the charge just because he was uh, doing the Siakam spin and was a little wild, but... It bounced in, and it was another. I mean, I keep saying it, but another entertaining game. There was a ton of them last night. I was having, I was struggling, guys. I, Tass, I guess you were on the, you were on the bounce, so maybe it was perfect for you because you're b- legit bouncing around. But mm-hmm. I was do, I was, I had my own bounce going in my, uh, <laughs> in my office. I couldn't keep track of what game to watch. Seriously, I had one on the TV, you know, one on the computer, one on the tablet, and they were all sort of like happening at the exact same time. Really, really close games. It's just an 11 game night in the association. Oh. You wait till Wednesday night. 14 games. Oh, that's true. But we won't have a daily show to talk oh, about it all. But you love the game. That's You'll be right. watching. That's exactly right. Seven on one TV, seven on the other. How many games did you say? Seven Four plus three. seven. 14 games, though. Yeah. My God. But that's weird. We had 11 games on Monday night. Mm. There's only two games on tonight. Well, there's none on Thursday, though. Yeah, that's why, so, I guess. And then classic. 14 on the Wednesday. Yeah. My goodness. Um, but would, any, any, any thoughts from this one, Celtics-Kings, from either of you guys? Oh, I thought it was nice to see Marcus Smart making plays uh, down the stretch. He, he's such a weird offensive player to watch. Like you're saying, it seems like he was out of control, but he was able to get his balance back and get the shots up on the rim and made a couple of nice clutch baskets. I also mm-hmm. thought he had a really up-and-down game defensively. He was the culprit a lot of times for Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes getting wide-open threes. Surely it's part of the scheme where he's helping, but he was helping way off of a guy like Buddy Heald. He's stuck underneath the basket helping on a drive, so Buddy's getting wide-open shots. That doesn't seem to add up to me, but he was there down the stretch, and that's kind of what you need, especially when you're missing your number one clutch guy in Kemba Walker. You know, I was saying that they need to get him more touches down the stretch against the Clippers. That's tough to do against the Clippers, but it's nice to see somebody else step up in his absence. Yeah, you, uh, Tass, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought you grimaced a little bit when I said maybe Jason Tatum had a had a good game. Were you were you upset with that? He didn't that have a good shooting. Sh- night. That one shot selection in particular, too, sort of down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was. He didn't have a great shooting night, but this is this is just a grinder kind of win for the Celtics. You know, not they're not having a great night at home, but they don't turn the ball over. Right. Uh, they allow eleven threes from one guy. They allow. Uh, too many from just too many threes overall, 18 threes, and they shoot pretty poorly themselves, and they win because they've got a great defense, and that's something that you don't talk about when you come when you talk about the Celtics. You talk about the uh, the subtraction or addition of Kyrie Irving mm. leaving with Kemba Walker. You talk about that over and over and over again. But this team is playing for Brad Stevens, and uh, that's how you win these regular season games. Maybe you don't win playoff games against superstars in this light, um, but yeah, it's easy to forget that. When you watch this team, because everybody fills in sort of Spurs-like, it's easy to forget how many guys are out because they still have you know, a virtual all-star in Kevin Walker, another virtual all-star in Gordon Hayward with the way he was playing. Um, they're pretty talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shout-out to Marcus Smart for also retrieving a pigeon last night. <laughs> we got to address this. Let's go on. Where, where are the wedgies, and why do we have a million pigeons mm. this season? That's a great point. Right? We've Am I got, wrong? We're getting close to catching. It's what, we got six wedgies. Yeah. I think I, I can probably remember four pigeons. Yeah. There could have been more. Maybe more. Yeah. So, I don't know. Keep, 
keep your eyes <laughs> keep your eyes up. I guess I, I don't know. It is it's weird. Just the way the ball's bouncing. Yeah, I guess, farther but. shots. I, I don't know if the shot distance <laughs> is any farther, but you're going to get a taller bounce. It's going over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, quick thinking there by Smart got the obviously got the. Uh, what do you want to call it? The mop? Yeah. Uh, turned it around, used the old handle, popped that's it perfect. out. That's perfect. I love that so much. Uh, that's the uh, technology we have to retrieve pigeons. <laughs> hey, has got a big stick. Yeah, someone poke it yeah, a couple of times. All right, great. Wouldn't it be cool if we could actually teach a real pigeon? <laughs> like put a little suction cup on his uh, claws and teach him to go up, or she, to go up and grab <laughs> the pigeon that's stuck, the ball that's stuck up there? <laughs> that would be awesome, I think. Sure, man. You can, train, hey, you can train pigeons, so why not? Mike Tyson. Let's get Mike Tyson yeah. involved. Yeah. Speaking of sticks, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I saw a Mike Tyson clip. Still looking good. Still looking quick. He was uh, he was showing somebody uh, what you got to do. Showing, oh, yeah. showing the feet work. Was, I saw that. Who was he showing that to? I saw I that. I have no idea who yeah, that was. I thought it was a celebrity. Could have been Salt Bay. Okay. Um, <laughs> speaking of sticks, poking out the ball it goes back to the James Naismith days. This this reference last night, I saw you tweeting about it, Skeets. Oh, yeah, I was talking to our friend Seth, yeah. It was, it was James it was, Naismith's... Grandson. R- James Naismith. It was James A. Naismith. Was that the game? We're, yeah, at the Raptors game, we should point that out yeah. to go back there. You're right. James A. Naismith's grandson, Jim Naismith, mm-hmm. was in attendance at the game, and they gave him like a, you know, a, sh- a shout-out, basically. He stood up, he had a jersey, waved his hand. You know, I we're just, just saying thanks, man. Thanks for, thanks for your grandpa. It just seems so long ago. It just seems like there shouldn't be any kin alive of James Naismith. It just seems so <laughs> long ago. But a grandson, and, and he's, what, 80-ish? I don't know. He's yeah, old. He's yeah, old. He, he was old, yeah. Didn't he throw the opening jump no, ball in so, Raptors history? No, no, no. no that's no, the no. crazy thing. So this is, thing. Why, this is why Taz bring it up. It goes back to the Raptors trivia show that we had a couple weeks ago. Right. When one of the questions I asked to Taz was, in the inaugural Raptors game, 95 Raps Nets in the Sky Dome, who threw... The, you know, the opening ceremonial tip. And it was like, uh, uh, you know, uh, I forget who else did I give you as options. Kathy Dan, Ireland. Uh, yeah, Kathy Ireland, Dan Celine Aykroyd. Celine Dion. Yeah. And <laughs> Wasn't one, them. Yeah, one of them was Jeffrey Naismith. Mm. <laughs> Old so, Jeff Naismith. So, <laughs> they love Jace. <laughs> right, so. The Naismith family, they're ahead of their time. With, they, they thought the Jays, they knew the Jays were coming. That's great. <laughs> in the league. It. So Jeffrey Naismith, if I remember correctly in the trivia, was the great, great, great grandson, maybe? And maybe I added one too many in there of James A. Naismith. So then <laughs> Sets is asking us, okay. So I, he, he was like the grandson of the guy who was at the game last that's night. That's what I think. That's what I think. Uh, okay, so, so we're not like, talking OG James Naismith. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the grandson of the, guy, of the grandson. Yeah. Of James Naismith. Now, like, in the, in the clip in 95, the kid that's throwing the ball was a teenager. Like, I mean, I don't know. He's probably 14, 15, 16. So how many years ago is that now? Right, 25. Right. So, yeah, that makes 24. sense. I mean, okay. I think it adds yeah. up. OG James Naismith <laughs> passed away in 1939. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. This could be his actual grandson, right? Still be around? Who? Jim Naismith? Yes. No, not James Naismith. I'm talking about the guy last night. No, I'm telling you, Jeffrey. Oh, the guy last night you're talking about. Yeah, who is this guy? Jim Naismith is the grandson of James A. Naismith, the guy that created basketball. Absolutely. Right. 100% agree. Now, who's this mystery, Jeff? Jeffrey is the grandson of Jim, is what we think. (laughs) The the kid. He was a kid. Okay, he was a kid. Yeah. Okay. You know, you you with me? Yeah. (laughs) But why didn't why didn't they get <laughs> why didn't Jim they get Jeffrey? You're to, saying no. Why didn't they get Jim to throw the, the jump ball originally in '95 when he would have been what 60 years old? Here's here's my theory. Jim is from Texas. He lives in Texas, so maybe he just couldn't make it up for the game <laughs> in '95. Jim was busy. Maybe, Jim was free. Maybe Jeffrey. They're like send any Naismith. It doesn't matter. Also, we do not know for sure that Jeffrey is the grandson of Jim Naismith. The, he could be an, like a great uncle or something like that. I mean, we don't know. I mean, jeez, guys. Hey, it, would, it would be a far less complicated <laughs> if their names all didn't start with J. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. For real. For sure. And if they all weren't walking around holding a peach basket. <laughs> Jesus. And a broomstick. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're losing Lee's interest here. Yeah. Let's move on to the next game. I think we lost I just found the Mike Tyson thing you were talking about. He was showing some <laughs> UFC fighters the moves. That's uh, what I Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Not salt, babe. Uh, one more, maybe two more games. Games here from last night. Um, I just wrote down Mello comes back to haunt the Bulls and Trey Kirby weeps. Uh, Mello scored 25 points, grabbed eight boards as the Blazers beat the Bulls 117 to 94. This was like 
That's like the perfect mellow night, honestly, if you huh. think about it. He shot 10 and 20 from the field, 4 of 7 on threes, you know, so scored the 25. He moved ahead of Alex English into 18th place on the NBA's all-time scoring list, and he was getting chants from the Bulls faithful. We want mellow. Right? Um, and, you know, he talked about it, and he said he, that he will always be connected to <laughs> Chicago some way, somehow. For years and years, my name has always been connected to the Chicago Bulls. I was a bull for 10 days. Mm-hmm. That support was a big moment. The f- those fans didn't have to do that. So, I mean, great night for Melo. It's like he's got Kobe stands out there. It's a similar thing. On the road, the career dwindling down. He's got fans out there. But not only that, he was the subject of the lead podcast on The Athletic. Lala, his wife, was in, in the crowd mm-hmm. and got to, FaceTime, he got to FaceTime with his son. Like, Lala had good seats. No surprise yeah. there. She was by the bench, <laughs> turns around the phone. It's his son. Special moment. Yeah, right that's there. a mm-hmm. great, uh, great shot by the mm-hmm. camera crew to get that that angle. For sure, that was really well done. But uh, what, what do you think about your your former Chicago Bull, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, coming back to haunt his whole uh, team? Well, yeah, the, the legendary ten day stint of Carmelo Anthony. It <laughs> rivals John Starks's tenure with the Bulls for historical impact. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was cool to see. Mellow balling, uh, playing against the Bulls is kind of the perfect place for him to <laughs> yep. to get his shots because we saw when Mellow came back, we're like, why are they just posting him up all the time? It was Damian Lillard was out there seeing, what's he still got? That was not the case last night. He was playing off the ball. He got so many catch-and-shoot jumpers because the Bulls, if you make two passes against them, somebody's going to get a wide-open jump shot. So it was nice to see Mellow playing the support role and yep. playing it well. Um, and, you know, I'm honestly not too upset about the Bulls. They got six wins. They're tied for eighth in the Eastern Conference with wins. So, you know, they're still balling. Jim Boylan is making the other players look good, making the Bulls look like a player-first organization. <laughs> oh, my God. The guy what is thinking ahead. He benched Zach Levine. Zach Levine, 49 the next night. Doesn't guard Carmelo Anthony. Everybody loves Melo now. The Bulls are looking good. <laughs> not wrong. There is no doubt. You know, all jokes aside, Melo has given this Blazers team a bit of an emotional boost. And we talked about that being a possibility um, with their season getting off to the brutal start and all the injuries. And like, okay, can he actually help? Can he hit some threes? Yeah, he should be able to. Being on the other side of the floor, like Trey said, you know, attention's on Lillard McCollum. Hey, hey, be over there. Be ready to knock down a catch-and-shoot three. And, you know, in this one he did. But, like, just like there, there is a little bit more. These guys love Melo, man. Like, all these players do. And... They're just, it seems to me like they're having a little bit more fun or playing a little bit harder and loving these mellow moments, and that's sort of uh, you know, giving them a little boost. Yes, this was against the Bulls. Let's not go overboard, but that's got to count for something when your season started the way it did for Portland. Yeah, and they're not out of it either. No, yeah, no, I no, mean, no, it's, no. It's, it's just it has been a rough season for them. Uh, I'm trying to find a tweet last night actually from uh, Casey Holdall, who uh, works with the uh, Blazers there. Because he was saying there was a, a little something happened and the whole bench was up cheering and he was saying it was that dunk oh it was had, it the dunk yeah, was it dunk yeah on the baseline yeah. dunk yeah and he was saying like those little things become big things they when do. your team has been in a bit of a, a bit of a rough trot like the uh, Blazers have been so yeah I mean Melo's fine he's been fine since he's been there they're only they're one and three uh, uh, one and three since he arrived um, but he was never going to be the guy to turn them around but but I think if you are Lillard and McCollum you're going. You know what? If we throw it to him and he's in a catch and shoot, we know he can knock it down. And I don't think they have that confidence with uh, their or any you know too many other players on their roster right now. Throw him a better pass, by the way. A couple of those ones that he knocked down, they're throwing the ball at his legs, his knees. Throw it up in his spot, man. Well, when you got Come that on. much space, it doesn't even have to be on yeah. the money. Yeah. They could have just rolled it onto him <laughs> in the corner, pick it up off the ground, and knock <laughs> it in. You could spin it mm-hmm. around like a globetrotter and then shoot it. Yeah, a lot of time out there. Um, one more that I got for you from last night. I'll just chuck it in real quick. Spencer Dinwiddie. With the uh, game winner against the Cavs, two seconds go, found some room, little jumper, splash, another great game from him. On the same day, he was named player uh, of the of the week in the Eastern Conference. Luca getting the the nods, uh, rightfully so, in the West. But uh, Dinwiddie, baby, balling right now. And I'm telling you, if the Nets can go into Boston on Wednesday night in one of those 14 games, and Dinwiddie can uh, continue to play the way he's playing, and they can get a win, oh. Boy, is that the Beantown boys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just get ready for the. Uh, are the Nets better with OK? Oh, that's already started. Yeah. It, it has and it hasn't to me yet, just because of the competition. But yeah, that's... he's been playing amazing. Uh, you know, getting put into the starting role there. They've won four in a row. These Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. More guys get opportunity. Joe Harris gets to show his skills. Jared Allen had a twenty twenty last night. He gets to show his skills. When there's more passes to go around, and the passes are, as Zach Lowe mentioned, are basically about the same as they were last year pre-Kyrie Irving, but it ain't the same. 
they just Kyrie doesn't make this players around him better. He is raises their ceiling, I imagine, a little bit. Um, but they, I think he just needs to find that balance a little bit more, less hero ball, a little bit more uh, Joe Harrisy or old ball. You know, everybody's got to touch it a little bit more. And and then as you see, Spencer's assist numbers are also up. Like those those he's getting everybody involved, yep. and um, he can also score. But this is also, you know, they're also beating the Cavs. Yeah, they're beating, they're beating some bad teams. But Kenny Atkinson is going to have to figure out how to, to make this work when Kyrie does come back in terms of minutes for Dinwiddie, having these guys try and gel a little bit better together, for sure. Yeah, um, and it'll be tough because I actually think Dinwiddie plays pretty similar to Kyrie Irving. He, for sure. I mean, he, his assists are up. He does pass the ball a little bit more. But when it comes down to clutch time, he's going to shoot it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, he, it's just, like he takes the same shots. He just takes less of them, really. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Maybe and maybe it's just because he's Spencer Din- Dinwiddie compared to Kyrie Irving. They're like, okay, I guess we'll just see what Kyrie can do. And with Kyrie, it's like he's dancing a lot. He's going back and forth. He's going between his legs. He's doing spin moves. He's it looks awesome. Dinwiddie gets to the hole. Mm-hmm. Dinwiddie, it's like I'm putting my head down. I'm taking two dribbles. It's a pull up jumper. I'm trying to get to the rack. Uh, so maybe just the little different ways they go about it can be something that Kenny Atkinson explores. We let Kyrie ISO. He's faking you out a million times. Then we kick it over to Spencer Dinwiddie, and he's just crushing it to the hole. Sounds There's something like, there. It's like Kyrie Irving's Barry Sanders and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's Frank Gore. <laughs> sure. A blinky, sure. A blinky eye emoji? <laughs> or a blinky eye meme? What? What? I don't know. He's talking about you know, Barry Sanders dancing. He was yeah, getting, sure, he, sure, hey, sure. Still get his yardage. Still get his yardage. He's, He's going to take some negative plays, though. That's right. Yeah, but man, it was going to be sexy those ones he he break free. You know, didn't want he just more of a more of a Emmett Smith, Frank Gore type. You know, put your head down, put your head down, push the pile, barrel through. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I right think now. you nailed it. Um, <laughs> it's Thanksgiving week. Everyone's thinking about football. That's right. Lions on Thanksgiving Day too. Get them off. I say, <laughs> screw tradition. I don't know what I'm saying right Is now. Is Kyrie going to retire early? <laughs> ooh, 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 you know what? Yeah, he yeah. Could. probably. Yeah, true. He probably will. All right. Well, sorry, go ahead. Oh, he said he was going to retire yeah. earlier. Remember, and live out in the farm or a desert yeah. out in Texas or somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Live off the land. The NBA's Barry Sanders. Yeah. yeah, wow. Let's run with that. Let's, run Let's with literally that. run with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have to be you, man. You got the jukes and the speed. <laughs> All right. Guys, we're going to get to the up-down report. But first, ever wonder how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. I love this site. Guys, I was using it this weekend because I'm thinking of adding the new Jordan 1 Fearless Face Tasms to the rotation. <laughs> I love that colorway. $200 right now for some 10 and a half. Hmm, maybe I should wait to get paid first. <laughs> I could use the money first and then put it to the shoes. But when I do pull the plug, I know there will be no hassle. StockX handles the exchange of every transaction, so you never have to worry about legit buyers or sellers. StockX has you covered like sunscreen. Want in on all the hype? Check out StockX.com slash bball for a surprise offer that won't be around long. That's StockX.com slash bball. Check it out today. Guys, first one. Last night, Grizzlies rookie John Morant. John Morant. Oh, God, Lee, what have you done to me? Injured his back (laughs) in the second quarter after falling into a cameraman. Uh, Morant returned to the floor after halftime, but the moment still raises questions about the circumstances surrounding the injury in the first place. Up or down on removing those cameras along the baseline. I think we've been talking about this task since 2006, at least 2007, but up or down. Yeah, it's been a long time. Just get rid of all the fans. Just uh, just an upper bowl. Upper bowl of fans. <laughs> it's the same thing every time. How far do you move them back? It's just, yeah, it's another money issue. You're essentially yeah. having to remove some fans as well. Like, you'd have to move everybody back, and you'd oh, wait, what, be why, missing why? money. Why can't we just get rid of the, the cameras there? I mean, the fans are right there, too. Well, they're, well, they're not and, sitting and, on the ground is the big difference. You could take a chair to the back. That doesn't feel good. Uh, but uh, no, <laughs> quite true. I, 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 you're, you're right. Um, that extra few feet would help, I assume. But I think those cameras are important. Those cam- those are great camera angles. We wouldn't have the sunny, sunny, or Sean Kemp, Sunny Lister blister move. We wouldn't have that camera funny angle. <laughs> what I call him? 
Uh, Alton Lister is. Oh, Alton Lister. Yeah, Sonny. <laughs> got, we got boxing on the yeah, line. Sonny, yeah, Sonny. Yeah, maybe talk Mike Tyson. What are we going to do? Um, yeah, we wouldn't have that. We wouldn't have so many good camera angles. It's tough. I, I love my camera angles. It's, it's a tough balance. <laughs> it doesn't happen all that often, but no. it t- tends to be when something like this happens, it looks pretty bad because he looked he looked I mean I'm oh that was scary yeah because his back went right into that camera guy's knee yeah like yeah right in the middle of his back and he was stayed down for a while I saw it the first time walked on I saw it the first time and I and I thought it happened before it hit the camera because he he just kind of was jolted as he came down on his feet and then there was a couple steps before Uh, and he kind of was like you thought the injury he kind of locked up yeah yeah, he kind of locked up before he hit the Mm. camera I don't know, and it was odd that he came back and there was nothing. Uh, yeah, it was just a strange injury. I, I, I think there is a chance that it happened before he rolled into the cameraman. Mm. What do you think? Move him back. Move, move him back six feet. It's not that far. Give him a new lens. You can get a, you know, you guys have been talking about this for 12 years. Camera technology in 12 years has improved. It has improved in 20 years, and nothing has changed since Dennis Rodman was kicking a guy right in the junk. You can move him back six feet. You lose one row of seats. That's money. No doubt about it. They're losing money, but your players are going to be safe. Why? Why do we even have to lose any of those baseline seats? Why can't we just put? Why can't we put the cameraman? You know how there's like always the gap between like your floor seats. Like there's like always like two or three rows of baseline seats. Then there's the gap, the walkway, and then there's obviously the start of the you know the actual seats. Why can't they be there somewhere in there? So they're behind people, but like you said, they have these obviously <laughs> like pretty powerful uh, cameras that can still get the shots. Yeah, it's, you don't want somebody standing up ruining your shot. Or the stanchion, the stanchion's in the way. Uh, yeah, as well. I, yeah, but yeah, I it's, mean, it's what you want. What kind of product you wanna do you want to bring to your want? fans at home? At home, do you want these no, shots? You're right. you're you want right. Sonny Lister or not? I, I will say the NBA <laughs> has taken steps. This is worth pointing out. Over the last couple of years, they have taken steps to try and address this stuff. Back in 2014, they did reduce the number of camera spots along that NBA baseline, so they cut those down. And they created what everybody was calling the escape lane there on mm-hmm. either side of the stanchion, so where players with the momentum could, you know, run straight back and not run into them. I mean, that's smart. I think mm-hmm. that's worked. You see guys do it all the time yep. that barrel through there, and they don't step on anyone. Um, and, you know, a little similar, they did remove the camera guy. Tassus goes what you're saying. It was a great shot. On the sideline, there used to be, a, like, a camera guy that would sort of sit in front of usually like the broadcast booth, like right on the sidelines where sometimes guys would oh, check in. Oh, right there, yeah. No, that's not there anymore either. Um, so, you know, maybe they, they, they have done steps, like I said, to uh, try and reduce these type mm. of injuries. But I've always wondered if there's not something, if they have to stay there, is there not some sort of like hard foam um, sort of barrier that you can sort of put in front of these camera guys? Like that, you know, doesn't come up like five feet in the air by any means, but like, a foot off the ground, two, gra- two feet off the ground. I don't know, like, that a, that a player could fall into. And instead of falling into somebody's knee or somebody's hard camera, you're falling into this sort of, like, foam barrier. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. could we Or not? why can't the camera people be dressed like the Michelin man? Right. <laughs> just put them in, saran- like, a, yeah, bubble wrap them. Or a ball pit. Just put a ball pit around the court. So if you do fall off, you fall into a nice soft <laughs> location. What about, moat. what about putting the cameras, like, under the floorboards and having, like, a, a clear, clear screen so you can see? Oh. And then the cameras are looking up still. Whoa. Oh, Okay. I mean, surely we've got the technology. <laughs> I love that. So, we, we, yeah, but, but so what? To take a picture from straight <laughs> no, up? No, no, no. But like, like the, the camera's on shots. an angle. The camera's on the angle. You know how John Schumann takes his like low angle shot before he goes to every game? Uh-huh. Basically, what you're doing <laughs> no. is you're putting the camera up. <laughs> no, so I, it's shooting up in an angle so you get the shot But still. is that is like a human hu- on it. Is a human running that camera? You're no, saying a human. No, no, no. A human no, is no, running it's, uh, it's, it's all done by <laughs> oh, technology. But, but these are, I mean, the reason we get all these great shots and stuff like that are. You see their face. Yeah, but it's look, a, look it's at a, a person look at, taking it. But look at the backboard. That's all done by remote control cameras. You're not wrong. So, you know, go underneath. Yeah. Go below. But you don't want a butt cam. I mean, all you're going to see is butts from <laughs> no, down there. No, you won't see butts. <laughs> butt cam. I'm saying, butt like, cam. the new version of Kiss Cam. It doesn't, it, you, can make that, cam. you can make that room as big <laughs> as you want, as long as it's part of the floor. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. You're, like, literally, you're, like, sink them under the floor, yeah. and then, yeah. You know, like on the uh, wow. You know, but like what? on TV uh, desk, TV news desk, they have the the, the monitor sort of underneath <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, like put in that, the desk. Yeah, yeah, put that as the camera, so you're shooting out. Fascinating. Yeah, and you can have someone like Schumann in a little control room. 
<laughs> Why is it Schumann? Because Schumann's, he's the expert. At no, he's those. not. He's not even a photographer. Yes, he is. Look at him. He, he's a, he puts up the great photos on Instagram. He's he no angle one. He does. There's, I think there's something there. You're right, because if I'm not mistaken, the famous LeBron, J- Dwayne Wade alley-oop, you know, like arms out celebration, yeah. that was taken with a robot camera, I think. I think there the guy go. had it set up, and he just like, hmm. did it with a little click, click. Case closed. The, picture. <laughs> the Case best closed. picture of the past 10 years. Yeah, that's an interesting one. There's also an unlimited amount of cameras you can put, like, in the stanchion, and, like, the NFL has those pylon cameras yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, there are lots of options you could use. I like the humans there because, yeah, they, they, can, they can get the guy's face and they get a, a wider variety of shots, but if you just add smaller cameras within the infrastructure that's already there... Uh, you're not going to notice too much. And then you still have that guy, just put him a couple rows back in a special station right. and you're still getting the react shots and all that. It's possible. It is possible. All right. Well, let's hear from you guys at no dunks Inc. hashtag no dunks. Let us know up or down on removing cameras altogether on the baseline or not. Uh, and these other ones here, this one, this one's fun guys. Lee, you might have to sit this one out. <laughs> Nick's going to Nick. On Monday, the New York Knicks said that they did not offer Richard Jefferson a contract (laughs) in either the summer of 2018 or 19. The clarification via Twitter comes on the heels of RJ saying on air that he knew it was time to retire when the Knicks were the only team to offer him a contract. Quote, here's what RJ said. They were the one team that offered me a job and I decided to retire. I just knew it was time. When the Knicks were looking for me to play for them, I knew my time in the league was (laughs) over. End quote. And the best part is Jefferson clarified later on in the broadcast that he was joking. Um, but that didn't stop the Knicks PR from tweeting this yesterday. Are you up or down on the Knicks uh, clarifying that they did not offer RJ a job? Uh, up. I mean, up. That was awesome. That was hilarious. Why in the world would you say anything it's, about it? It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's Why? A, but this is what's the, the reasoning? This is just the Knicks. They 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 want to make out as if like no 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 we that's nothing to do with us. We didn't want Richard Jefferson on our team. But the best part is Richard Jefferson quote tweeted them and said 2020, 2020 here we come yeah. hashtag comeback. And then the Cavs last night tweeted uh, four photos of Richard Jefferson who was at the game and said for clarification purposes it is true that Richard Jefferson became a champion of Cleveland in the summer of twenty sixteen. <laughs> so, uh, but it's just the Knicks. They always seem to get this stuff wrong. They always get it wrong. and um, It's crazy. It was like, yeah, he says it on a broadcast between the Knicks and the Nets. Everyone has a laugh. They're, that, like, that broadcast team as it is is the most sarcastic, funny um, crew going. And it's like, okay, that's it. It's done. There's, there's no more to the story. No one is going to bring it up <laughs> ever again. And in, until the Knicks literally send out for <laughs> clarification purposes that we didn't do that. Sad. <laughs> a mistake, mistake by the Knicks. I will say just one thing that you said about Richard Jefferson. He said it, and then he said he joked about it. He, he, he came out and cleared up, clarified that it was a joke later on in the broadcast. Yeah. That's never going to get picked up. That's just the right. way media is. It's always going to be that first thing. So it's just a note for all of us out there. You can say you're going to joke later on, but that's what's going to stick. And the Knicks should have just... Let that stickiness go. But they do this. They do this all the time. I saw, you know, Knicks fan Seth Rosenthal, you know, longtime suffering Knicks fan. He he had a couple tweets um, reminding everyone that yeah, the Knicks do this a lot. He said, first tweet. Remember when people found mildly porny activity on Kurt Rambis's Twitter account? And no, that, actually. And every, oh, yeah. I do. And everyone laughed it off and just moved on to the next thing until the Knicks came out a day later with vigorous denials and announcements of a serious investigation that immediately made it news again. Mm-hmm. A great example. He said this one as well. Remember when Knicks PR issued an apology for f***ing up free agency like two hours into their free agency f- up, then an hour later issued a correction to sloppy wording in the initial apology, then promptly resumed f***ing up free agency. Yeah, that was recent. I remember that one. And then he also unearthed this tweet from 2016. I was dying laughing this morning. Uh, this is from 2016. According to Nick's PR, the reason Joakim Noah is not wearing the hoops for troop socks is because they didn't have his sock size. <laughs> Let's bring let's bring as much attention to something as trivial as a guy not wearing the hoops for troop socks as we possibly can. 
It's amazing. I guess they should have had his size in stock. But I, Lee, I mean, we have a, an executive from the Knicks here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Did they offer him a contract? Or are they at least telling the truth with this clarification? Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because that's, it seems like they would offer Richard Jefferson a contract. You know, they'd that's like the funny part of this. Like, you could yeah. have used him probably. Exactly. Yeah, a, a veteran experience. Exactly. You know, it gives a little bit of uh, stability to that franchise. But, yeah. Crazy stuff. Oh, it's so good. But the, the God, stuff about the, the summer was hilarious. How they were like, yeah, sorry. Sorry for who we signed. But we actually love the guys <laughs> we signed. And here <laughs> they are. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Final one here. Final one in the up-down report. Uh, the Miami Heat's popular Vice jerseys are back once again. The Heat unveiled the newest edition of the alternate uniforms Monday. And it adds a fourth color scheme to the wildly popular collection. It's blue this time. The Vice Wave City Edition uniforms will be worn 15 times a season starting on Friday night versus the Warriors. Guys, up or down on the Heat's blue Miami Vice uniforms. Major up. Major up, baby. Oh, I love it. I love how they have gotten four of the same uniforms out of one look. I know. It's impressive. Yeah, and they've all looked cool and they've all looked different, and they never overdo wearing those Miami Vice jerseys. It's not like the Mavericks where they're wearing them 22 times in a season. You compare it to the Bulls who have had a different Chicago flag-inspired design the past three seasons. They've gotten worse and worse and worse. With the Heat, they found one that was great. It happened to have four different colors available, so they're like, we're not messing with anything. We'll come up with something new when we've ran out of ideas. Similar to the way the Nets kind of stick to a theme, I love it. Yeah, two years ago, Miami debuted the the original Vice jerseys, and that was with like that Miami Arena um, script, which mm-hmm. they all have, of course, but the, those were the white, and then they followed it up with the black uh, Vice Knight uh, jerseys, as they called them, and then they had the pink ones, the Sunset Vice, and now they have these ones, the blue ones. You so guys- they're only going to wear the blue ones this year of all Yeah, of you can. I think I was reading that they can't um those those last two that i just said the black ones and the pink ones are are city editions and you there's something about you can't wear them again or something like that you get you a new multiple city ones. one yeah. every year except for the jazz remember they had like the gradient one that they petitioned can we wear this two years in a row they said yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. but so nice. yeah it's not, it, it is something like that um, uh, you guys I, would, like I would say this is the they're all great yeah i agree i think i like the other three better than the blue Ooh, ooh. Yeah. sure i love this blue I think it looks awesome. Uh, it looks so cool on some of their guys, too. Yeah. Derek Jones Jr. looks awesome in this. I don't know if it's because he's so damn skinny or something, but it, <laughs> it looks just fits. They all look great. Yeah, they do. They all look great. I can't. I don't even know if I can rank them now that I think about yeah. it. I like them all. Historically, though, the Heat have tended to have pretty good jerseys. Mm-hmm. They've got a really good collection, and uh, once again, they just get it right. They don't mess with things. Like, even their standard jerseys that they wear, they've had those for decades at this mm-hmm. point. Those are the same uniforms that Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway wore, that LeBron James wore, and now it's the Jimmy Butler era. They stick to a theme. Good job. What's next, I guess? Maybe this is it for these Vice City jerseys. Because you, you said yeah, they've, done all, they've done all the colors. Maybe that, they, And you know what? They should. They just leave it. Yeah. yeah. Mothball them and then bring them back yeah. sometime in the future. People will love them once again. There's got to be other cool Miami stuff. Uh, that they can draw inspiration from. Maybe Will Smith's Benvenido a Miami video. (laughs) Very nice. All right, so uh, that's the up-down. Let's hear from you guys again for all those. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Hashtag no dunks. All right, tweet of the night. Mm, Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Well, Lee contacted me last night, and uh, he wanted to do a tweet of the night, so go ahead, Lee. Just kidding. Uh, first First one's more of a stat. Um, it was the night of 18s in terms of milestones last night. As we said, Carmelo Anthony passing Alex English, going to 18 on the all-time scoring list. And LeBron James, mm. as the NBA tweeted, moving to 18th all-time on three-pointers made list. I was shocked by that. I know I know it's LeBron. He's up on every list. He's fourth in scoring. Why shouldn't he be 18th and three-pointers made? 1,761 threes just sounds like a lot for LeBron. But <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway. The tweet of the night is actually from Anthony Slater, who tweeted, the Warriors just don't give up anymore. No, I'm kidding. He tweeted, Warriors pregame show says that Clay Thompson will serve as the team's sideline reporter for Wednesday's game against the Bulls because they don't give a bleep anymore. No, they are, uh, they're just having fun. And Clay Thompson is going to be the sideline reporter for a game against the Bulls. Look at that innovation, baby. This is a guy on an active roster being a sideline reporter. Never been done, I don't think. That's going to be must-watch. Clay's going to be awesome. Oh, hold on. Didn't Dirk do it? I guess he wasn't a sideline reporter. Yeah, Yeah, he he was was on the bench. He was third, and yeah, he was at the end of his career. He was was just being the third commentator. He is going to be R.I.P. Craig Sager. Craig Sager. 
on Wednesday night doing that. Like he, he's maybe uh, maybe this is his second career. Clay is, well, yeah, he's always uh, yeah. they've always had like the things about him reading the newspaper before games, like literally reading a newspaper, right? So maybe he just fell into basketball when really he wanted to be a journalist. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I will say I'm a little worried because Clay has never done anything wrong. Yeah, and expectations are quite high, I believe, That's for, for sure. this. So, you know, if anyone can do it. Clay will will still uh, knock it out of the park and reach those high expectations, but that's my my only concern. Um, I can't. I'll be watching. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see the you know the supercut at the very least of whatever <laughs> he says or does. I, I think he's going to be fine. I, I know yeah. he's a, you don't you don't want he's got this perfect record of uh, getting things right. I think this would be great for him because he just won't care. Yeah, that's the thing. He won't be like going into it like oh I've got to make a yeah. viral moment or I've got to do this. He just naturally he's mm-hmm. very comfortable being himself, and that is very funny to a lot of people. So. Good luck to Clay Thompson. I, uh, I've actually got a Twitter DM of the night to follow up tweet of the night. Yeah. At 65 font, longtime fan of the show, he was, uh, he was telling me that he was headed to Atlanta this weekend. He was hoping he could drop off a gift. And I was like, ah, sorry, we're not obviously going to be at the office. It's Thanksgiving. We're, we're going to be gone. Taking a few days off here. I said, you can mail it in. He said, okay, cool. But then he asked me, guys, what would be the best gift for us? And he gave me four options, Ooh, wow. and I wanted to. I wanted. I didn't want to decide for you know for the the collect, like collective. I wanted all of us to talk it out. Four options, sort of a secret Santa, I guess. Although it's not so secret because I just am giving it away. Mm-hmm. But here's what he said: A, his childhood Jordan life-sized cutout. Okay, Lee Lou Lee likes that one. B, a gimbal for Trey to record videos on his phone. I didn't know a what a gimbal, gimbal. was, but it's, a gimbal? Like, it's like one of those handheld stabilizers for your phone. Uh, like, so when we do cards, sure. like, Trey could, like, have this, like, you know, a badass sort of shot. Just another <laughs> little mechanism, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's another little gadget. Uh, C, a lot of 90s basketball cards. Or D, a customized moments for your new office. Now, I'm not really sure what that means. Customized moments. Yeah, so Sounds like digital photos coming up in a... Maybe, yeah. <laughs> a little roulette of photos. So, yeah, the Jordan life-size cutout, this uh, this sort of technology, the stabilizer, uh, gimbal, as he called it, um, to record videos, cards, or this customized moment. Mm, customized I, moment. I mean, anyone have an opinion? Which uh, one? My first instinct is cards. Yeah. Oh, really? We yeah. Could, we we could have, have a lot of cards. Yeah, we but, have a lot of cards, but you always need more. Yeah. yeah um, and it's it's nice to get a gift that is going to be useful, you know? That's why I'm Gimbal. I'm Team Gimbal. Team Gimbal? Because, <laughs> Give me because we're not we, going to use it. We're not we going to use it. We're going to use it every time we open cards. It's just, yeah, it's we need waste. more cards though to open. We have cards. <laughs> Trey has wrists. They, they work. <laughs> yeah, but you've seen these things in action. They're pretty badass. They 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 make a nice shot. It's like a dolly, man, like for your yeah. phone. We're we're not in the desert trying to capture beautiful shots here. We're mm. just shooting Lee out. I don't know. Face. The last <laughs> one we just did when we were opening cards, Trey was doing some nice background shots. You'd see some random person going through the background. I'll zoom in and imagine what you could I, be doing. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd argue it's better with a hands wow, hands free wow, or gimlet know. free yeah, or gimbal get, free. What's it called? Gimbal. Gimbal. <laughs> let me send you a little counter proposal here on your gift idea. Get the gimbal out of here, but send us a boom mic. Mm. You know, like one of those little boom mics. Buy us a boom mic, he says. <laughs> they can attach to an iPhone. Yeah, they have them. You know, like you let it out. You're aiming it. Yeah. I think that might be better than uh, the leashes that I've, we've been rocking I lately. I 100% agree with that. Um, we need to get that regardless whether or not at 65. No, no. Is. The only way we're getting it if it's from a fan. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, okay, so. It's like Lee with new jeans. Somebody's got to mail them in. I will admit my first, my first reaction was like, oh, damn, Jordan life-size cutout is pretty good. But then I'm like, <laughs> you know, we're, in a, we're not on the, stu- you know, the studio set anymore. We're mm. in a small office. Do we want to just be looking at MJ all day, like popped up in the corner? Uh, He's right there, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've already got a couple yeah. MJs staring at us already. Okay, so we didn't. So we'll put it on Twitter. Sound like you guys want tweets? We'll tweet it. I don't know what this customized moment gift is. Yeah, what is it? What is it? Okay, okay. (laughs) Maybe it's a snow globe. I I love a snow globe. I'll try and get some more details. (laughs) Custom snow globe would actually be my choice. The four of us on the inside, you shake it. (laughs) Wedgies falling from the air. All right, Uh, we're running a little long here today, but let's get to the pick and results presented by Cash App. This segment is brought to you by Cash App the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like paying up when you lose a bet that Cash App can't write great jokes. For example, Mm -hmm. hey fellas, 
What's the name of Kawhi's French doctor? Claude Management? <laughs> Claude you got, Management? You got some laughs. Cash App also comes with the cash card, a free debit card that comes with boosts named after that thing Phil Jackson sat on that made him like 13 feet tall on the bench. I like Claude Management. But actually... <laughs> Boosts are discounts on purchases at places you already love, like Whole Foods, DoorDash, Target, and more. Finally, we're also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you receive 10 bucks, which is good for a few tickets at the Chase Center, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU, an amazing organization founded in 1920, dedicated to defending and preserving rights and liberties guaranteed to every person in the United States. If you love freedom and like $10, remember to use promo code NODUNKS when you download the Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. Woo-hoo! Code management. Getting creative. Um, is, it, is it Claude? I mean, I think the proper pronunciation hold on, hold on. is Claude. Yeah, 100% oh, oh. agree, but... That's not the joke. Claude Manning. It's French. No, it's no, you, you, you delivered it, it, it correctly. Is, it is right. Claude. It's Claude. French Claude is definitely Claude. Okay. Hold on, hold on. One sec, one sec, one sec. <laughs> what are we waiting for? Claude. Claude Lemieux. Last night's results Lakers, Spurs, Spurs lost. Big enough. Lakers won by more than six points. That's a win for, I believe, Trey and Lee. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Uh, Task, bad news. It's over. It's over for you. Yeah, month of November. You can no longer get back into this. You fell to 6-11. and 11. I also picked up a loss as well. Uh, Trey and I, 10-7. and seven. Lee, 9-8. and eight. So Task at 6-11. and 11. He's just too far back. He's just too far back because, you know, we don't have shows on Thursday and Friday as well this week as we uh, say goodbye to November. So Task will have to pay off. November's pickup loss. If you have an idea, tweet at us. Hashtag no dunks at no dunks inc. You know, we're trying to keep these a little uh, uh, quicker is not the word, but a little fun on social media. So if you have an idea that would work well in that setting, uh, too bad we didn't have a gimbal because it would look great um, <laughs> or the boom mic. Um, but let us know. And I don't know, maybe we could do something during Thanksgiving. Is what I, I keep coming back to. We're all getting together for the most part this weekend. Drink a mug of hot gravy. <laughs> Take a gravy bath. Wear a turkey on your head. Okay. <laughs> anyway, if you got ideas, <laughs> let us know. Um, tonight's game, though, let's continue. Let's uh, why not close it out here? What's our game? Clippers, Mavs. Oh yeah, big matchup in Dallas tonight. Both teams are streaking, baby. The Clippers have won five in a row. The Mavs also have won five in a row. Ooh. Two and a half points spread. Clippers are favored, Ooh. but you're picking the winner. You're not picking the Mavs because they're going to lose by two. What do you got? Who's who's playing? I mean, who's yeah. playing on the clips, man? How am I supposed to bet on this? I, do I we suppose know? I could talk to my Kawhi Leonard's French doctor, Claude Management. Well, if he was a hockey player, he would play both games. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing slap shot impersonations. <laughs> uh, well, the, the Clippers do play Wednesday night, so they are on a back-to-back here. Wow, 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 wow. Who do they play Wednesday night? Claude management. And are we are we even sure, are we even sure Paul George would play both? Yeah, games? I know. Yeah. No, we're not. Who's his French doctor? That's the question. <laughs> Give me Here. the Mavericks. I would rather root for Luca tonight. I think. Uh, I'll take I'll take the Clips by two and a half. Does it, does it feel liberating? You don't really. It doesn't. You're not going to lose exactly. in this pick and pay. You're just picking for well, you who know, you want to watch I, play. I wouldn't mind seeing a nice, sexy score or record at the end of the year either. So you don't want to just throw these away. I don't, personally. I mean, I had a great, look, I had a great start. I had an awesome October. Now I've had an okay November. Man, I'll, yeah, I'm I'm picking to win here. Clippers, cool. two and a half. What do you got, Lee? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think Patrick Beverly's going to be uh, so fired up for this game. He's probably going to have first crack at uh, Luca, And then you've got Kawhi and Paul coming at him as well. So it's going to be tough. Maybe, if they're playing. Well, yeah, exactly. Who knows? They're not a good road team either, Clippers, but I think they'll... Uh, I think they'll cover that. Okay. So I'll take the clips. Yeah. They are one and four on the road. Yeah. Wild. Obviously, uh, many of those games without Kawhi Leonard. I'll take the clip as well. Okay. Trey, the only one taking Dallas, plus two and a half. So, yeah, the Clippers have to win by three or more 
for Task Lee and myself to get that W. But again, Task paying off November's pick and loss sometime, you know, in the next week or so. If you have ideas, at No Dunks Inc. or hashtag No Dunks. That's it for us today. We ran long, lots to talk about. Had a lot of laughs. We don't ask for much, guys. So if you haven't, please rate and review the No Dunks podcast on iTunes. Five stars only, baby. And today, the Athletic Guys announced the addition of 11 new podcasts focused on the English Premier League and the EFL. Lee, I know you'll be checking out a few of those. Of course, What's your team? What's your EPL team? Well, I I mean, when I first moved to London, I was an Arsenal fan Mm. because I had Thierry Henry Um. and Dennis Bergkamp. Um, and Claude management. <laughs> well, they did have uh, Arsene Wenger, the manager. Yeah, they had a big French influence there. But then Tim Cahill came to Everton, and he's an Australian, and he was great. But uh, is this one of the podcasts? I, I sometimes ask Lee yeah. a question that I go, "What are they just?" Uh, do? Look, the, I've got a, I've got a uh, Arsenal JVC uh, jersey at home. I, I still love Dennis Burke. JV, what does that mean? Arsenal that was JVC their sponsor, like from, from back. Is in the that day. how people like yeah. actually reference? No, that? no, no. But I'm just saying, oh. like that's like when I first got there, I was like, yeah, I'm right in on Arsenal. Oh, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for my Arsenal cash app jersey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, so all the, right. Answer, the answer is uh, Arsenal. I'm Arsenal, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, take us off. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, don't be an Arsenal. Just give us a rating in the App Store. Embrace the day, people. Yeah.